Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Welcome to the show to Stacy Connects. This is a big week for me. Uh, this week, not only do I continue to go under the name Stacy Connects, which is a change for those of you that are repeat listeners, this week, Eric and I premiere the show, Don't Ask Me to Talk, sound familiar, over on uh, 880 AM. And Eric, per my mom's nagging, and because he's a nice guy, is my co-host on that show. So excited. I wonder if she's going to listen to that show now. I hope so. I hope so, too. She's our biggest fan. I, she is our biggest <laughs> fan. And, you know, possibly, like, our our only fan that would, like, you know, have a lighter going and be <laughs> waving. Uh, well, her and Diane and Lee. Hello, ladies. Um, I believe they're listening and they have had Trey Fatelli brought into them. them. Uh, that was the plan, as I understand it. Is the number going to be the same for the new show? I'm going to have to give a whole new number, aren't I? Uh, yeah, we'll figure that out. All right. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, anyway, so welcome to the show. Welcome to my guest, Kathleen Hunter. She is a friend of mine, and we have things to talk about, right? Yeah, we do. We have lots to talk about. We have lots to talk about. Uh, remember that if you are interested in finding this show, you can find it uh, okay, what did we decide? That you can find it under Stacy Connects or you That's can That's right. Okay, you can find it under Stacy Connects. That's right, folks. Uh so you can find the podcast under Stacy Connects wherever you pretty much listen to podcasts. Uh you can also uh text DAMTT to 55678 and you will get show details. Truth bomb here. I have not updated that. So don't text this week. Uh, <laughs> if you would like to connect or if you have a comment or a question, the number, as always, is 425-373-5527, or as mom probably has in her phone, Eric. Um, <laughs> you can find me through my website, which is Stacy Connects. So, okay. The brain dump. <laughs> it's a lot. So... I already mentioned that this week is the premiere of Don't Ask Me to Talk with Eric. It is uh, going to be super fun. We're talking about what's good. Uh, the world is so full of negativity, and it's time to talk about things that are good. And last week when Eric and I were prepping to talk about what we're going to do, I created a wheel o topics, and we landed on movies, which seems like... Um, a coincidence, given that the Oscars just happened, it is not. We're we're going to talk about movies, and I don't know, Eric. I sort of feel like, but it I, is a coincidence because we just picked that it, randomly. It is. Yes. You're right. I think I articulated that wrong. It is a total coincidence, yeah. and I don't know about you, but I sort of feel like uh, everything that went down at the Oscars is so over talked about, and since the show is focusing on what's good, right. I feel like we've got other things to discuss. That's true. Although, I, sadly, I don't think the movies that were nominated or won at the Oscars actually got talked about. It was all overshadowed, uh, overshadowed by an incident 
that uh, I think we can all now move on from because both parties apologize to each other and the academy and all that stuff. So right. it's like no point in. Right. And, you know, everybody is using it as further proof of their belief. And right. It's all been picked apart here. plenty. Yeah. yeah. We don't so, need to do that. I'm like, all right, we're not going to talk about that. Instead, we're going to talk about things like CODA and how I cried buckets watching it. But we'll save that. So you're going to have to tune in uh, to 880 AM uh, KIXI on Thursday. Or subscribe to the podcast, which is Don't Ask Me to Talk. See? Look at us <laughs> already. We're just like, it's like seamless. Um, okay. Here's my one complaint about Charlie being home. When he left... He left my car with no gas. Now, this is unsurprising, although if you haven't been to the gas station recently, it's five bucks a gallon, even for 87. Charlie's one of your sons. Yes, so, by the way. Yeah, for folks. Yeah, for, for people that don't know, Charlie is Tuning the, in for the first time. Yeah, that, that's a possibility, isn't it? Um, Charlie is my 19-year-old, and he was home. He goes to school at Santa Clara. He's on the quarter system. He was home for a week. Lots to unpack there. However. I will not. Uh, instead, I'll talk about when he left and left the car with no gas. And when I say no gas, I mean like no gas. And they were coasting on oh, fumes. I mean, pretty much. And yesterday, for those of you that don't know, I am also one of the, I don't know what to call it, co-hosts, uh, commentators on the show uh, Wisdom from the Wardrobe with Michael Bruce Image Consulting that airs here on KKNW on Mondays at uh, 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And I had to get to the show. Of course, I'm running late. I get in the car, and I'm not focused on the gas piece right now. I'm focused on getting my shoes on and buckling my seatbelt simultaneously. Ultimate multitasker. Come to the top of the hill, and I'm about to crest the hill, and there is the motorcycle policeman. And I'm like, tartar sauce. And then they do that thing where they don't immediately turn on their lights. So it gives you this false sense of like, hey, I'm just going to like army crawl past you with my tires like in a cartoon, right? Like, we're good. And then just then the lights go on and he stops me and I'm like, ugh. And so, you know, he was very kind. He lowered the ticket. He's like, you haven't had a speeding ticket in a while. I'm going to adjust it so that the... Amount isn't so much, so on and so forth. And I said to him, aren't you going to ask me why I was speeding? And he's like, I mean, not really. I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you. And I told him the whole story. And I said, and it was, he said, you know, when you were at the top of the hill, you were going 33. And then you like sped up even more so than if you're just coming down a hill. And I was like, and it is at that moment I realized that my son left me with no gas in the car. And so... <laughs> The good news is you stopping me means that I no longer have to blame Charlie for the fact that I am going to be late for this show. Now it's your fault and Charlie's fault. <laughs> Share the blame. Right. I mean, really, it's my fault. I was speeding. So, um, yeah, so that was fun. And I did tell him about the show. So, hey, if you're listening, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> it's not really your fault. I was speeding, officer. Um the other thing that came from my visit with Charlie is, and I talk about this often, is ADHD. So Jessica Ross, she is a psychiatric nurse practitioner. She is, she's my prescribing um, practitioner. 
she's Charlie's. I think she's Grace's. I, I'm not. I'm outing them. It's fine. And we had an opportunity to have an hour-long conversation last week when Charlie was home. And Charlie, to his credit, wants to ask questions. Why do I take this med? Where does it go in my body? How does it affect me? These kinds of things. I, on the other hand, am like, sure, great, sounds good. So it was a great conversation. Jessica has so much information. And I am a sucker for an analogy, simile, metaphor. Kathleen, you know this about me. And she talked about people that are, um, that have a, that don't have the neurotypical brain type. So you're neurodivergent. And she described it as being a daffodil versus an orchid. So if you're neurotypical, no disrespect, you're like a daffodil, right? You take the bulb, you put it in some dirt, and it grows, and it figures it out. It's, no matter what. No matter what. Year after year, it's like, we good. I'm happy to be here. This is like, thanks for having me. You know, I'm done. Now, an orchid, it's like, I don't know that I like it here. It's a little too moist here. It's too dry. Oh, the sun is in my eyes. <laughs> This dirt is like so like 2000, you know, it's just it is so finicky and specific. And yet, as she said, when it blooms, it's all worth it and it's doing what it does best. And it's like, oh, look at that orchid. Look at what it has done. And all of our hard work has paid off and so on and so forth. With the daffodil, you're like, yep. You do you. So I loved that because it's such a great way to appreciate yourself and your uh, neurodivergent tendencies. And she talked about some of those, which I'm going to share them with all of you because I suspect that there's a lot of you out there that struggle with the same things. I mean, scientists say that everyone is a little bit ADHD. And I would agree with that. I think society, social media, the culture that we live in, it has basically made us all somewhat uh, attentive or inattentive. Um, She talked about the idea that she was saying to Charlie, if it's not on your calendar, your list or your planner, it doesn't exist. So you need to make sure that you put it on there. And it can't be on your Uh, syllabus for school or anything like that, you have to put it on your calendar. And even if you have to trick yourself, because frankly, you'll forget you tricked yourself, put that it's due a couple days prior or break the larger project into smaller tasks and put it on your calendar or it ain't going to happen. And I thought, man, that's true. And to have somebody say that, yes, this is how your brain works and this is more than just a coping skill. It's a necessity. Um, she talked about, and I've I've mentioned this before, object permanence, which if object permanence is the ability to understand that objects exist when they are out of sight, she reinforced that this isn't just objects. You know, this is why Charlie could not find his uh, iBud or whatever it's called uh, case all week. Earbuds. Earbuds. Um, I, I know I'm like, sometimes I... AirPods. Yeah, that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, AirPods. What he said. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh my gosh. You did too. you call him iBuds? I did. Okay. 
I said iBuds. I'm like, I don't know. They're earbuds. We could all use more iBuds. <laughs> well, I will tell you that early on when I had an iPhone and I lost it, my mother at the security office uh, where we were, you know, it was like lost iPhone. And I'm like, nobody's ever going to turn this thing in. But she wrote down iPhone, E-Y-E, phone, and my name. <laughs> so I am, once again, going in my mother's footsteps and calling them iBuds. <laughs> that would be a great brand name for glasses or contacts, maybe. Right? iBuds. Right? They help you see. Exactly. They're your buddy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Instead of beer goggles. Much better than... <laughs> anyway, so... This whole, uh, you know, if he doesn't see it, he doesn't know where it is. And that this also pertains to relationships. So, you know, this is, a once again, a love letter to my friends that you haven't heard from me recently. I haven't texted you. We haven't hung out. It's not that I don't love you. I do so love you. Let me say it again. For those of you in the bleachers, if you want to see me, text me, call me, email me. It isn't that I don't want to see you. It isn't even that I don't have time. It is because I suffer from object permanence. <laughs> <laughs> I think of friends all the time when I see something that reminds me of them or whatever it is. But as quickly as I've thought of them, it goes away and I forget to reach out. So I love you. I just forget <laughs> that you're there. Um I also learned that, maybe you're not so surprised, people with ADHD hate multiple steps. We are terrible. Like the whole, I did my homework and then to have to turn it in, like that's just an insult. Like that's just one more step in the process. Um, You know, we're not so great at follow through. And that is actually why people with ADHD are so awesome at coming up with solutions that streamline process. Like, you know, um, Buckets, for instance, in the forest where forest fires happen. Like, just why go through the process of having to get a helicopter and getting a bucket and going to the lake and picking up the water? Why not just have the bucket in the forest? <laughs> Again, me and my rain solution. Um, and then the other thing I learned is that our brains, when you have ADHD, our brains do not create dopamine like a neurotypical brain. Now, dopamine is that thing that after we do a task, we're like, good job. And it's like the satisfaction of having completed a task. Turns out, we don't have that. And so doing the task, like, what's in it for us? It's not a feeling of satisfaction. So we actually need external uh, rewards or something like that because that natural sense of like pride or whatever um, of having completed something, we don't generate it. It also explains why so many kids, and this is a PSA for all of you that take ADHD meds, however old you are, don't give them out like they are candy. Because to the neurotypical brain, it's like giving them a narcotic, how their brain reacts on it you get hopped up, you're up all night, the whole thing. How the ADHD brain works on it is it actually brings us down and it balances us out. 
And so that's why you can't get multiple months of ADHD meds. It's why you can't send them in the mail. It's why there's so many laws around them. Because to the average bear, you can get hopped up on that stuff. Uh, but to the rest of us, no. Okay. Enough. Anyway, um, I had two different Stacyisms, And the one that I'm going to go with is uh, this one. The idea that emotion transfers into all that you do. So I was thinking about uh, getting ready for the show this week and for our first episode of Don't Ask Me to Talk and thinking about the excitement and making sure that I'm not nervous and that that doesn't come across because emotion, positive and negative, comes into everything that you do. I used to have a cookie business called One Smart Cookie. Brilliant. I know. And I stopped the business because I found that when people want cookies is for special events and holidays. And when do special events typically occur? On weekends and holidays. And so I suddenly started recognizing that the business was no longer fun because I was putting an ingredient of frustration, bitterness, (laughs) crankiness, you know, all those things that taste so good. Uh, not into the cookies. And it was time to let that go. And it reminds me of the movie, like Water for Chocolate. It's from 1992. I looked it up. A movie about a young woman who um, she cooks things and how she feels goes into her food. And so, you know, love, hate, uh, you know, all of it. And... I think it is an important thing to think about when you decide what you're going to do or even if you're going to do nothing. Right? I know. (laughs) So. I love nothing. I know. And we're going to talk about uh, the the somethingness of nothing when we come back. We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, Kathleen Hunter and I are going to chat about something and nothing. We'll be right back with Stacey Connects. Hi, I'm J.D.K. Winnikin, host of This Show is All About You. If you're like me, you seek many things in your life. Adventure, meaning, belonging, you have dreams and you want fun, and of course, you want love. And we also want other people to join us along the path. But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for This Show is All About You, a show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. And be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com.
Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuyper Counseling. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Hello, welcome back to Stacy Connects. Uh, before the break, I was ranting and rambling on and on um, and getting distracted. <laughs> yes, that's right. Now I am focused. And I invited Kathleen to come on. I met Kathleen. Well, in a couple different, for a couple different reasons, mm-hmm. uh, she is. Let's talk about the one that's about you. So Kathleen was the founder of a not-for-profit and was taking care of dogs and uh, very, very passionate. She and her husband have three rescue dogs, and they take up a lot of time and energy now. And Kathleen really wanted to find a home. What was the tagline? Um, shining light on shining light on dogs in need of a home. That's what it is. Um, and it really was a passion project of yours. That unfortunately, the timing of which pandemic hits and trying to find resources like money, supplies, volunteers, the time. It became like you were like a one-man show, a one-woman show. Totally was. Totally was. Yeah. It wasn't sustainable. I did it for two years, just over two years. Well, and when you and I were were working on, were working together Mm -hmm. to figure some of this stuff out, I kept saying, you know, stop thinking that you quit. You didn't quit. You know, you're, you're retiring. And because quitting is sort of like the the word version of putting but in a sentence instead of and. Mm -hmm. Everything that came before the word quit, it's like it negates it. Whereas if it's, you know, I've retired, there is a whole bunch of good that you did on behalf of these dogs that had special needs. They were aged. They had been in foster care for a long time. They were underfed. They weren't health, like so many different things. Mm -hmm. So then you find yourself without this passion project and where did that leave you well getting to that point was scary to make that decision that okay this that I needed to make that decision that was um extremely difficult and heart-wrenching but ultimately it needed to be done and it was scary because I didn't know what was I going to do after that Mm -hmm. because this was so much of my life it was the majority of my life um but then, you know, you and I had lots of chats. <laughs> uh-huh. And I realized it's like, you know what? There doesn't need to be a what next. Yeah. You know, um and it's taken some time for me to come around and believe that what I did, what we accomplished and the team that I had, you know, um we did great work. Mhm. And it was really hard for me to say that at first and believe it, admit it. 
and you know lots of you know people saying oh my gosh so sorry to see it go what's next right can't wait for your next iteration of greatness you know these are the actual phrases i would be reading and that was that so much weight mm-hmm. on me it's like oh i'm exhausted and i've got to go do more great things and i was like i'm good kind yeah. of um this this is good i'm gonna do nothing my goal is to do nothing which is really hard that's that for me that's really hard to do nothing is really hard for me well and the two things that strike me about this and why i'm excited to have you on the show are to talk about two opportunities for growth here one the idea that something like this nonprofit that you put so much time and so much heart and soul and energy into that walking away from it and letting it go and similar to me with my cookie business and you know I mean I I quite literally had over a thousand cookie cutters and you know really had done all of these things to get this business established and then walk away from it and people don't understand that and don't recognize what an act of bravery it is that you're willing to be identified as something else that Mm -hmm. that's that's it's not as fulfilling and it's not as easy as it seems. And also that for personally and for you, I'm, you know, prospect at that time too, is that you weren't failing. You're not a failure for ending the business, mm-hmm. closing the shop, putting your cookie cutters in storage maybe or selling and whatever you know, ended up doing with mm-hmm. them. And I'm in that process right now still of closing up mm-hmm. and you know, that whole, that's a, that's a process mm-hmm. in many ways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's the physicality of it, yeah. of, you know, stuff. <laughs> the stuff, the stuff, <laughs> right. And then there's the, you know, the emotional weight mm-hmm. and, you know, the psychological piece and, and all of that, that you have to let it go. Yeah. And it's okay. It's like, okay, wait, this, this wasn't a failure. I wasn't a failure. Nothing about this was it, but it took a, it took some time. To, oh yes, we um, had many heartfelt conversations yes. about this. Where you know it's it really you know okay you need to reframe you need to reframe like let's talk about all of these dogs that you were able to find homes for. Let's talk mm-hmm. about all of these uh, independent rescues and shelters that you were able to provide food donations for them so that these dogs could get the nutrition and the. Mm-hmm healthy food that they needed, you know, let's talk about all of that. Yeah. And so that's the first piece. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, whatever age and stage you are in life, to have something that people really so greatly associate with your identity and having the courage to walk away from it. And it doesn't matter the reason. It can be because, you know, it's just exhausting and you don't have the support that you need and it's taking a toll. It can be because you're not enjoying it anymore. It can be for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And knowing when to walk away is an act of bravery, not cowardice. I see that now. <laughs> I didn't then. <laughs> My work is done here. Your work is done. <laughs> and thank you very much. <laughs> so that's the first lesson. Yeah. And then the second lesson, and what I hinted at before the break, is this idea that, you know, nothing can be something. So mm-hmm. as you said, you felt this enormous pr- 
pressure then, you know, to, okay, well, you've just closed that door. Now what window are you going to open? And I'm, I'm, I'm real. I don't have to open any more windows. I'm really good at um, doing less. And I find, you know, this is going to sound very cliche. I'm doing less in that sense of, you know, okay, I'm not starting another business or another this or another that. It's like, I'm doing less, but I'm actually accomplishing a lot more, um, more heart with more heartfelt energy into everything that I'm doing now, whether it's caring for my dogs and they have extra needs right now. Um, I'm so grateful that I can be there for them mm-hmm. and take care of them, and I'm more present for them. Um, I know my husband is happy because he gets a nice home cooked meal every night. Well, <laughs> but and I enjoy doing. I enjoy the. I was going to add that. Yeah. Well, because you know, so choosing to, you know, uh, retire the not for profit and making that decision, you got so much time back, and you then get to dabble in life. Yeah. And you know the life that you didn't have time for. And it's amazing what happens when you open up your calendar and you open up your time and things go from being a chore to being a simple pleasure. Yeah. And that for me is is cooking. I love to bake. I've always loved to bake ever since I was a kid. But cooking everyday meals, like your dinner, your lunch, your breakfast, a chore. Eating for me is a chore. I like, oh, we my, talked about yeah, this and like, how my mom is like, ugh. Yeah, it's like, oh, darn, I'm hungry again, really? That means I have to eat. And so for me, it's like, okay, I grab five almonds, that'll get me to the next hunger pang. But now I have more time. I have more energy. I have more physical energy, but mental energy. And curiosity. And emotional energy and curiosity. And I have that time to explore. I have that time to go to the grocery store, which I really, really do not like doing, going to the grocery <laughs> store. It's stressful for me. But now it's like, Okay, I can go. I can actually inhale and exhale and not be like, oh, I got to hurry up and do this because I have to get to the next thing I have to get done. Mm-hmm. I'm actually taking time looking at recipes, planning recipes for the week, experimenting, trying new things, learning how to cut my vegetables. <laughs> even. I, I love that. <laughs> now you need to take a knife skills class. I've been looking for them. I There are, um, can I... Check out Whisk, not sponsored. Uh, They're in Bellevue, and they have uh, really great cooking classes. Pete has taken them, and also Sir Latab. I've taken Um, some from both of those places. Also not sponsored. Um, But, you know, there's great knife skills classes. Um, I have the, can I, not sponsored, the New York Times uh, cooking app, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they have little guides on there to watch little videos. And so that's where I learned my knife skills. Um, so I'm learning how to hold the knife. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It makes such is, a difference. It's a huge. And now I'm watching other people while they're ch- chopping their vegetables. If we go to someone's home or, or wherever I'm at, I'm like trying not to tell them how like, to hold hey, the you knife. need to do this. You, you need, need to, to do, do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to chop your fingers off. You should consider a subscription to Masterclass, which is oh. that online thing where yeah. you can, like, take pictures like Annie Leibovitz. Really? Uh, you know, or cut yeah. something like Jamie Oliver. Um but it's kind of fun because I think yeah. that you can have, like, unlimited masterclass lessons. I could and, totally get involved in that. Right? I could totally I could see, do that. <laughs> well, and that you get to be a student then of life. Life. 
Yeah. And that in doing nothing, you're doing so much. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, yeah, nothing, air quotes here. Um, but I'll, you know, I'm expanding my brain. Mm-hmm. My, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird. I'm expanding my me. Yes. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> right. Um, but also then I can impart that on the other people, on people I engage with. So, oh, well, and modeling it for people. Yeah. And and that's again, that's another reason why I'm so glad to be talking about this, because so many, you know, I'm I'm celebrating or I just celebrated the second anniversary of my 50th birthday. Do the math. <clears throat> and so a lot of my peers that are you know, in that age range, plus 10 years, minus 10 years, raising hands, mm-hmm, yeah. are at a point where they may be, if they have children, starting to actually see on the horizon being an empty nester, or they are. And there's that sense of what are you doing next, especially if you were a career stay at home mom, which is a career. I know That's I did it for job. 20 That's, plus yeah. years. And so then there's this pressure of like, you know, and for my next act, you know, what am I going to do that somehow holds value? And there's this message that we get that doing nothing is somehow not enough. Yeah. Well, it's looked down upon like, oh, yeah, I, I, my title now is I'm a stay-at-home puppy mama. (laughs) And... (laughs) And I'm loving it. But there's so much involved with that Mm -hmm. that has value. Um, Full-time explorer. Yes. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, there's so many different things, right? You know, student of life. Um, You know, there's so many different spins on it, and they're all true. They're all true. They're all valid. They're all not that they need to have, you know, need validation for that, but... um, it's okay. It's okay to take that time and explore. You know, I love that word. It's it's an exciting word, and it's pertinent to the stage. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, well, you mentioned you know how you're expanding you and and expanding your mind, and that's the thing. When you reach the age where we are, I said this to you before we went on the show. It's like oh, you're middle aged, and somehow the world sees that as you know. You're over the hill, and that somehow it's, like it's you declining. And that speeding, yeah. And then you're at the top, and it's like, whoa! You're going down the right. Other and side I like super punch fast. the acceleration, <laughs> and you know, apparently, I'm going to hit the bottom really quick here, much faster than I did the first. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the science of time is whatever side of the hill you're on, it's the same amount of time, right? And so, you know, to realize that you have all of this time, and if you can keep your mental flexibility and the learning piece, then that is something that, I mean, I believe that mentality also helps with your physical health and well-being. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we joke about it in my house with my husband and I, you know, everything I learned, I learned from my dogs, you know, and I, it's so true though. I'm, we have, you know, they've taught us so much, um, but now is I have the, that energy we just talked about, mm-hmm. to learn more from them. So our walks, my walks with them are more intentional. I am sniffing every blade of grass along with them. I am looking back. I'm sniffing there. I'm, you know, I'm walking at their pace, which mm-hmm. has slowed down considerably. I'm like, we are just going low in our role. Yep. And well, it's great. 
and and that idea that if dogs are sniffing at something, you know, what was there? What happened there? Mm-hmm. You know, and the grass and then the appreciation for nature around you and, you know, that sense of curiosity and the thing that I am constantly saying, the thing that makes their tail wag. Yeah, absolutely. And turning off the technology for that bit and really being present in that moment. And you don't have to have a dog to do that. But all of these things are surfacing for me. Mm-hmm. They're becoming more, um, everything is more present. And I'm enjoying them more. I'm enjoying that time of walking slower, thinking about fewer things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that would work for me. Like the way my brain works. Yeah, I, mean, I think... I. Th- I think at times we're very similar on that because I, my, I'm always you know doing a gazillion things at once and what's the next, what's the next, and mm-hmm. how about and what ifs, and so this whole process since you know closing the nonprofit has been learning how to not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got um, one of the other bits of advice that Jessica Ross shared is uh, apparently there are different studying and note-taking and planner types. Who knew? (laughs) And um, one of them being called the Ivy Lee method. And it's this idea that you have a brain dump at the beginning of the week, and then you prioritize your tasks, and you write down six tasks. No, not projects, not like do your term paper, like figure out what you're going to write about, you know, and like really breaking it down and that you do those six tasks, bite-sized tasks on any given day and whatever you don't complete goes on the list for tomorrow. And it's like, that's all that's at the top of the piece of paper. And then there's room to write notes and make notations and that kind of thing. And so of course in the appointment, I'm like, let me see if I can find that. And I had one sent to me and one sent to Charlie. And, you know, it's whopping day two. Um, but how's, it makes so how's much. How's it going? <laughs> it, actually, it's going really well. I, you know, I wrote, I brain dumped on Sunday and wrote all the things that I needed to do this week, prioritized. And, I mean, you and Eric know I came in today. And when Eric said, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm great. I actually completed this work for mm-hmm. a client, you know. Uh, I'd like to say on time, except that I was already late. <laughs> and so, but ahead of the the new the finish line. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, ahead of our adjusted finish line. Um, and, you know, to complete that, that is something that, that dopamine I'm talking about, I'm like, oh, I'm not used to that. Yeah. So, you know, that feeling of completing things. And so I... I hear what you're saying, though, with, you know, slowing my role and trying to manage all of those thoughts and instead putting them in the brain dump part and then at the end of each day, okay, like, now let's look at what we need to do and prioritize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have it, you have a more, cha- you have a challenge that I don't have right now and that's you have people relying on you with deadlines. And I know. I, I have deadlines. You know, they're 
they pretend dogs to, need to be fed at right. a time. <laughs> or I have to fill out certain forms for a certain vet or this, you know, I have those kinds of deadlines. And then I have the ones I impose on myself. It's like, I have to bake these cookies today. <laughs> I love this. I, I have my horseback riding lesson today. I, I know. To like get she, to. She's like, by the way, I have to leave by the way, yeah. because I have a horseback riding lesson. And and that is, you know, it's it's weird how we assign importance to things arbitrarily. Yeah. Like, why is it more like, why do you even in this conversation perceive that my deadlines hold more value than yours? I mean, there is somebody that is that horse is going to be waiting for you to ride it. And the instructor and, and the instructor. Yeah, it, you're right. You're right. It's that my old self that creeps out and says, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be a responsible individual and be there on time and all that. And um, But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the horseback riding thing is pretty darn important right now. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a real thing. Yes. And, you know, like when, when we go away, we find someone to care for our cats because that's important. Yeah. And, you know, the things that you take care of. Um, okay. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to hear about what cookies you're baking. Because while I don't have a cookie business anymore, I am cookie curious. And I have a new fave. Oh, good. Two new faves, actually. All right. Yeah. Keep listening to Stacy Connects. We'll be right back with Kathleen Hunter. Are you stuck in a creative straitjacket, going crazy, trying to find a different way out, exhausted from trying to make old ideas feel fresh? And relevant, Popcorn and Noodle is a boutique agency that specializes in popcorning new ideas and noodling on existing ones for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Whether it's ideas about what to name a new venture, how to promote your services, or which direction to consider next, Popcorn and Noodle serves ideas that pop and stick. Don't go crazy. Go to popcornandnoodleideas.com. Creative solutions serve daily. Stacy Heller is many things. Entertaining, yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. I don't think you can say that. I think you can say but. <laughs> okay. We're discussing what words can be said. And we're going to err on the side of caution. She has me on once and I get bleeped. <laughs> hey, you would, you would not be the first to have a um, word malfunction. <laughs> so uh, we talked about the cookie thing. So yeah. I baked cookies that everyone always assumed that the, especially the butter cookie uh, recipe that I made was, you know, my family's recipe. It was... And it wasn't. Apparently, it's the recipe that my mom got from the family that she babysat for. So this woman doesn't realize, like, 
what a pot of gold she's sitting on. I, of course, <laughs> do. And um, and there's so many other recipes that I made that were part of our family tradition. The difference, of course, being mom had no interest in baking. And when you have no interest, then you have no skill. Yeah. I mean, it's just... That was me with cooking. Right. I mean, that's yeah. and that's not a jab. That's just yeah. a reality. Like, if you don't want to learn how to turn on the TV, you're not going to be able to learn how to turn on the TV. Mm-hmm. And so mom, as quickly as she could hand over these things to me, I was cooking and I was baking. I mean, after school, I would line up all the dishes like Julia Child because I grew mm-hmm. up watching her. And, you know, mom was like, it's great that you're cooking, but do you have to get out every dish? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Bon appetit. <laughs> Side note, Troy actually told me, you need to take a class on cleaning up as you go along. Clean as you go. Clean as you go. But where's the fun in that? Exactly. Like, I have people. They're They're behind me. And now I need one of those dishwashers that you just put it through the thing and it just gets cleaned. Yeah. I worked in a um, professional kitchen. And so, you know, like, you learn some things. And then you also are like, you learn some things. You're like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. Um, So the cookies that you've been baking. What kind of cookies? Um, I have two new ones. One is uh, from the New York Times, not sponsored. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it's an Earl Grey uh, shortbread cookie. Oh. And you actually, I take um, Earl Grey tea Uh and melt some butter with the Earl Grey tea. And that's one of the main, that's a main ingredient in this cookie. And I've made them twice. And the second time, I mean, I've like got it down. And so they wow. have that light crisp on the very edge, and then they're chewy in the center. And, oh, my gosh, they are delicious. And then I happen to have some lavender, fresh lavender, that I got at the market because now I like going there. So uh-huh. I'm perusing. Mm-hmm. And I bought some lavender. It's like, I, I'm going to do something with this. And so I added lavender to these Earl Grey cookies. Wow. OMG. So that and a cup of chamomile tea before you go to bed is, like, decadent, yeah, blissful, dreamy yumminess wow (laughs) yeah that's cool that's a a big fave right now um i've learned how to make the uh lemon ricotta cookies oh can i say the name of the store yeah oh from nordstrom's yeah 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 they um you know they have the recipe in their cookbook and whatnot and so i've made those and they are a huge hit so what is that kind of a cookie like? That cookie is... Is it like a drop? No, it's... Um, let's see, how big is that? Three inches okay. diameter so cookie. For all you New Yorkers a, out there, yeah. it's about the size of a black and white cookie. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it's more It's more like a pillow. So cakey. Cakey, pillowy. Um, again, that super fine, crisp edge, you know, because you... Have Do a golden bottom. bake them bottom. upside down? No, you bake them like normally. Right. And you start and are off they with rounded? Ball. You start oh. off with the ball. Okay. Yeah, and then it, they have ricotta cheese in them, so they spread out like crazy. And you have to plan ahead because it's at least a two-day process. Oh my gosh. And a lot of freezing of the dough. But, um, so yeah, I've learned how to do that. And then the frosting that goes on top and where to put the lemon, grated lemon zest. Mm-hmm. and. So good. Wow. So, so good. Then, so that one's really good in the morning with a cup of coffee. I'm <laughs> just saying. Planning my day. I, I just happen to know these things. Now you need. So I have a recipe, uh, cowboy cookies, that I used to make them a lot. And they had uh, 
oats, or they have when I make them, oats, coconut, white chocolate, dark chocolate, uh, any dried fruit. I've been all in one cookie, all in one cookies, Uh, cherry. It could be, um, you know, whatever you like in the cookie. Um, Let's see. I said the coconut, right? So coconut, two types of chocolate, the berries. uh, And it's like having a really good trail mix in a cookie. I was going to say that's like your morning granola Uh or lunch or lunch. You know, I mean, snack on the go. What kind of uh, candy bar is a hyena's favorite? I don't know, Stacy. What kind of candy bar is a hyena's favorite? Do you know it, Eric? I don't. A Snicker bar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's right. I'm back here on Thursday at three. <laughs> Tip your servers. Um, yeah, that was a random joke, but it just made me think of that. Um, but baking cookies is just fun. It's fun. Well, and it's low investment in terms of you know the things that you can do with some flour and sugar yeah and mix things up completely get butter well and butter i mean but it's nice i mean because you you get to it's very um you roll in the dough to make the little tile yeah it's very tactile it's buttery you get to form them shape them then roll if you like the earl gray cookies i roll them in sugar very fine sugar before Mm -hmm. i bake them and so there's some uh, art to it. Mm-hmm. The oh, science and the art mix is, 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 is wonderful. Huge. Have you started making dog treats? You know, I haven't done even. I have a cookbook for dog cookies, um, and I haven't made them for the dogs. I Well, you can't try them know. to see if they're good. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, what's the point? And I think they're going to be fine. They're going to say everything's good. <laughs> like, I mean, make more, Mom. Right. I mean... <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> Kind of. Well, and, you know, they may, I don't know, once dogs reach a certain age, they may have some dietary restrictions. And, and they do. And the thing is, too, though, when I bake, um, I don't eat a lot of what I bake. I hardly eat anything of what I bake. I give it away. I'm the same. And if it's something I can put in the freezer, great, so then I can have it. But um, that is not, you know, I am, for those of you that can't see me, I'm not a small woman. Uh you know, and You're I am not, right. I'm, well, I'm just right for me. Yeah. I have no beef with it. Um, and the weight that I have is 100% not because of the baking that I've done in the past or, you know, cooking. I'm a very good cook. Mm-hmm. It's 100% because of Diet Coke, <laughs> gin and tonics, and cheese doodles. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, it's great. It's a, you know, it's, it's. Not as sustainable a diet as I would like to think that it is, Mm. Um, you know, but it's very satisfying many days. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I agree with you on the I felt uh, sustained when I was baking my cookies and other people were consuming them. Like weirdly, you don't need to eat them to Mm -hmm. feel nourished. And maybe that goes back to, you know, I'm still providing some, you know, it's because I'm it's back to the old. Before I was providing homes for dogs, and now I'm providing <laughs> cookies for human tummies. I don't know, <laughs> but it's it's and it's the experimentation, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this week, when Charlie got back to school on Sunday, of course, object permanence. He, you know, I was like, "Are you back?" You know, I, I, I follow him on his phone, like that. He shares his location, 
And so I knew the answer, but it's like, remember me? You like, you just left me a few hours ago. Maybe you want to let me know that you're back at school and, you know, safely in your room and whatever. And so then I sent him this lovely pep pep, um, talk note, you know, the whole thing. And he said something along the, something along the lines of, you know, and I'll, I'll walk with my failures alongside me. And I was like, what are you talking about? What failures? Don't you mean attempts? You know, it's like we get opportunities to attempt things all the time. There's, you know, failures are attempts. Why is it okay for a scientist to attempt to find a cure for cancer and all of the different things that they do and the breakthroughs that have been made, and we don't say that it's been a failure, we talk about those breakthroughs yeah. and the lessons learned. And yet in life, you know, we make a mistake and it's a failure. Right. Yeah. No. They're not. Yeah. And that's been that's been part of my whole process right now is that none of this is failing. I'm, you know. You're succeeding in doing su- nothing. Yeah. And... I don't know if there's if any of this is helping someone else make that pull the plug to make that difficult decision, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. whether it's closing a business or finding your new passion or realizing that maybe what you're doing isn't passionate mm-hmm. and taking the risk to finding what it is. Well, before the show, we were talking about the yes and no. And I said that uh, uh, a client of mine said this very wise thing that I totally have stolen, which is uh, learning to say no to protect your yes. Mm -hmm. Because if you say yes to everything, then how is everything worthy of yes? How is it special? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, completely. And so, you know, by letting in some room in your life for, uh, for things and saying no more often... The things that you are saying yes to. I, I mean, I love that message yeah. for people that are listening. It's so it's so powerful, it's so powerful. It's very heartfelt, and it's. Um, I think that's something you should. Um, that's some bumper sticker material, t-shirt material. Hmm. Yeah. Merch. Totally. Merch. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna. You know, I I'm gonna have to work on. So the website is is currently actually under construction, uh, and the the folks that are making it, uh, which is um, D and Co., um, my niece and my nephews uh, and my niece's partner, they have this business. And, you know, they were like, oh, do you need a commerce spot? And I was like, yes. Do you know the ideas <laughs> that I have? Like, it needs, like, it's phase two, but yeah. like 100%. I have things to sell, including bumper stickers. Yeah. So I would totally, I would put one of those on my car. I would wear the shirt. In fact, having that saying on a coffee cup, because as you're drinking your coffee in the beginning of the morning, this mm-hmm. is my little ritual with, with my lemon ricotta with cookie. Lemon cookie. <laughs> and I see that phrase on there. It's like a reminder for the day. It's like, I don't have to say yes to a gazillion things today because I you only need have to protect. space. Yeah. Yeah. That this golden space for only a few of those yeses. I love that. All right. Well, I'd offer you a job, but you're saying no to things. I kind of <laughs> am. <laughs> Thank you for sharing uh, where you are, who you are, Kathleen Hunter. And thank you, of course, to Eric. 
Next week's guest is Shira Grasser. She works with empowering youth, seeing kids that otherwise may not be seen. And I am a sucker for that. Thank you again for listening to Stacy Connects. And remember, Thursday on 880, KIXI is Don't Ask Me to Talk. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.